Yeah. I'm going to tie this back in. Watch how I tie this in. George Clooney was in Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Full fucking. <laughs> 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 oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, funny, man. <laughs> wow. That was a perfect, like, start because I put it on just in time. This is As of Late Podcast. <laughs> we got... <laughs> We um that threw me off, but this is as a late podcast. I'm I got my boy Azel with us, and we got a special guest with us. We got a North Carolina native, uh, not just that, a Queen City native, not just that, my favorite artist in the city. Oh, mine's Pause. Too. Mine's One of my too. favorite artists in the world. Mine's too. Mine's too. Yeah, John Harrison in this thing, man. Junior. Hey, yes sir. Yes I w- sir. I wish we had like the clap. Thing, yeah, how you feeling, brother? I mean, I feel fantastic, man. I'm blessed to be here, and it's been a hell of a year, but we're we're making it, so yeah, absolutely. Yes, it so has good. been real good. Thank you for asking. How y'all doing today? We're doing all right, man. We're maintaining, like you said, we're all here yeah. under the circumstances. Um, blessed. I mean, just taking it one day at a time, like, like Azale said, blessed to be here. Um, it's so many daggone layers, dog. Like from, I, I'm gonna tell you a story and then see if you remember this. Okay. Like, I'm gonna tell you that <laughs> I'm gonna tell you how I met John. Well, I met John for the first time. He probably doesn't remember this at this spot that used to be called the Graduate. It used to be called Graduate Ooh. in you uni- know, uh, not University, uh, the one off Central Plaza, where yeah, it used to be right. Akahana's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there with a dude that you may remember named Todd Harrison that. Um, used to break dance here. His his break dancer name was Archie, and he used to pop lock. And we would come to these events. Uh-huh. And this particular event at the graduate, it was like a combination of open mic. You were in there like selling your paintings, like doing your damn that thing, like you right. always do. <laughs> <laughs> and this was the first time, folks, that I actually discovered because I went to talk to you about your work, and I was like, "Yo, man, because you have such a unique style you. where you know a John Harrison painting." Right. Am I saying your last name right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's perfect. You know your your painting, like you, nobody couldn't rip you off. Thanks, man. And so I was like, "Yo, man, like, why is that? Why is that elephant like have that mask on it like that?" He was like, "Oh yeah, it was inspired by MF Doom." I was like, "Who's MF Doom?" He was like, "Hold on." He said, "Come on, come over here, young fella," <laughs> and explain to me who MF Doom is. Right, and right, right then right. and there, that night, and since then, I've been a fan. You are the that, reason man. why I researched MF Doom and became the fan that I am today with how, that guy. How many people have you ever met in your life that? You know, knew something that you didn't know though, and be like, you never heard of this? Oh yeah, loser, get out of here! Like you know, it's like no, no, no. There's, it's, it's all about kind of sharing that information, man. It made me really happy. Doom still makes me happy whenever he decides to record stuff. So mm-hmm. um, the joy on your face when I said I didn't know him. Oh, well, I was happy to share it, man. It's like talking to like a Jehovah's Witness or something about like, oh, you ain't heard about Jehovah. Wait a minute, hold on, let me tell you about Doomsday. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, I do remember the graduate. I do remember meeting you. It's crazy because back then, um, God City, the crew, the family, we're still all brothers. We still love each other very much. Mm -hmm. We were trying to do anything and everything in Charlotte because we didn't have a template to. Mm -hmm. Oh, can you? I'm sorry, my bad. Is it a mic for me? Oh yeah, can you hear me? You can can move it around and everything. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I was afraid of. I'm afraid to break. I was so. I was so in the the conversation. I didn't even pay attention to what I was like. It's not sounding like how I wanted. My bad. There there we go. That's much better. Look at this <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm sorry I, I'm chill Yo I told you I was excited I don't do this so I don't chill. get out the house much man. It's, it's been super long hey, right now I've been All of us is like that man Right um, No man But we didn't We would try to do everything Because we didn't know We didn't know 
what to do or how to do it, but we knew that there wasn't a whole lot of anything really going on. Like with most hip-hop nights, too, still to this day, a lot of those um, venues will not have anything going on Monday, Tuesday, normally, or Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it just kind of migrates depending on who's got a slow night and where we could go. So when yeah. we got the graduate, man, like that was God City night. Like those Monday nights, man, like... A lot of that I was remember, an era, bro. Yeah, I, mm. I don't remember a lot of those nights, but yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those nights, so not as mornings. I woke up, or I came to instead of waking up. So it was like, oh man, wait, where was I? What did I do? Mm -hmm. But um, no, that was a ball, man. Those are those are really good times. It's weird because I don't know. Um, I was telling Wally the other day. Y'all know Wally, Wally Vinyl. Wally McNair, he does the comic books and stuff. Tall brother I'd with have locks. To see him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know Wally. The guy City yeah. family. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. like uh, the one of the original four. Mm -hmm. I was telling him and I was telling Marcus Kaiser. Y'all know Marcus. Yeah, right? I know yeah. Marcus. Um, he's doing uh doing this in December. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> tell him that I love him when I see him. He's a he's a real good dude. Great I, love guy. Him. I I talk to him like once a week. I tell him anyway. But, mm -hmm. Um we were I was saying like uh I really wish we had taken more pictures. Of what we were doing back then mm. Because so much of it was so cool we, we got a million like little handheld flyers From back in the day but like no pictures And it's like right. you know the handful of pictures we got That's what makes them so sacred because it's almost like seeing Sasquatch You know you don't really yeah, see, right. see a lot of us From back in the day but um, those are really Good times man I remember that Yeah that's one thing I regret even not just with like Certain eras because I was talking to my brother And I was like man like we were just Talking about like um, which we need to have on the show Go back to like dealing with like different eras of club Scenes here in Charlotte mm -hmm. yeah, we were talking about that. And um, he was like man I wish I could have like recorded some Of this shit that yeah. I seen and take pictures of Stuff like even from like childhood I look mm -hmm. at some of the Things in my childhood it was like I'm like And now now that I'm older and I'm working on that Now like mm -hmm. like nieces and nephews But I'm like man I wish I had like a picture of like I see in certain people's houses like they great 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 grandma or right. something like that like, right So that's one thing I'm gonna try to do more growing up being an adult now is like capture those moments mm -hmm. so you can look back at them. And it's funny you said that because the reason I've been doing with my camera lately, um, if somebody come in town like a family member, I actually record stuff mm. and have them say stuff. Like even um, when I was doing photo shoots for certain people, like maternity shoots, I'd be like, I want you to do a video, a quick video talking to, you know, your future kid. So they can always have that. Cause yeah. you never know what can happen to somebody. And like you said, like how you save those moments and, um, for me, uh, I wish I had videos and stuff for my mom, you know, Yeah. and I don't have that. So now it's like, now I got the camera to do that. I try to capture certain moments and certain like candid moments with certain people so I can always have or, or people can pass it on to somebody else. So it can be kind of like a time capsule. Yeah. It's Thanks. wild because um, it's funny you should say that because I just had, uh, I was just talking to my cousin. Uh, my birthday was uh, a couple, like last week. Happy belated. Happy belated. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Again, glad, so glad to be here. No doubt. Um, but um, we were talking about my grandfather, me and my cousin Patrick, my older cousin. He's like eight years older than me. But there's a lot of stuff that he remembers about my grandfather that I don't remember. He was a painter as well. Mm. So, you know, for him to talk about these things and to tell me these stories, it's crazy because I might have like a picture or two of him up in my house. But for the most part, like... If you ask me what his voice sounds like, I can't tell you. If you ask me what my grandmother's voice sounds like, I can't tell you. My my father's parents, who were with us up until, like, the the early 2000s, <clears throat> like, I can't – I can tell you what they sound like, but it's fading from memory. Right. Mm -hmm. And that would be really powerful to go ahead and have. So that's awesome that we 
I mean, and again, like we as a people, I think a lot of times don't think about posterity. And I think, you know, as time goes on, this is something that we need to think about. Like I think about like, uh, for example, uh, the Excelsior Club in Charlotte. Oh, mm. man. You know, My like, dad yeah. used to always talk about that. Right. Yeah. And you've seen pictures on the inside yeah. of it. And it's like, I can only imagine what that, but there's no video footage of that. Yeah, mm. exactly. You know? So yeah. it's like, you know, like uh, there's a comedian, a real vulgar comedian named Wild Man Steve that recorded an album at the Excelsior Club. You can hear it on YouTube. But it's like, there's a rich history of that in Charlotte. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But, you know, so much of it's lost. Like, I talked to my father about, like, how, like, my father remembers, like, segregated, segregated Charlotte, like, from back in the day. You know, like, talking about, like, Sweet, ha Sweet Haven, I think is what it was called. And um, over near, like, uh, Gethsemane Baptist Church and all that other stuff, man. And, like, all this stuff, like, where the Harrisons used to live. And it was, like, black-owned funeral homes, like, black businesses. And, like, over near the Ed Center downtown. Like, mm -hmm. how you had black police officers to police a black area of Charlotte, but white folks would kind of come in there and just do whatever they wanted to do. And like black officers could not arrest them. Mm. That kind of history of Charlotte, wow. you know what I'm saying? But again, it only really exists in small pockets because nobody's documenting anything because we're in survival mode. So many of right. us want to survive and make it day to day. Nobody's thinking like, hey, like, let me stop and take a picture of this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So just being able to collect those memories, gather those things is really important. I'm getting off on a tangent. Y'all. No, no, no you're, you're fine. fine. Man. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I feel like that's part of like dealing with being a creative is, is, I feel like I don't even want to put it on a creative of being like a, even with you being like a um, a painter and with him being a photographer, I feel mm -hmm. like that's almost like a duty yeah. for you to capture those moments through your art. You know, whether it's like, um, you know, painting, whether it's like, you know, with stand up, you know, like mm -hmm. it's a reason why to me, like, and me and him talk about this all the time, why Chappelle to me is like the GOAT. It's right. because he captures those moments of, what society is going through and takes his time with it and gives people like what they need to hear the shared experience absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. and i feel like that's very vital for people to see especially being amused in, in the arts mm -hmm. very educational any of his stand-up i feel like if you go in there it's going to be funny but you're going to go in there and learn something too absolutely well it's almost like um you think about like james baldwin or alex haley or mm -hmm. even um Gosh, we were just talking about Zora Neale Hurston. Right. And right. like going back um, to how we spoke, what we did, how we talked. And each one of those recordings, be it the stand up concerts, the recorded albums, what have you, is a time capsule. Mm. And we can go back to it. It's still our history, regardless of how, regardless of if it's funny or not. Like it was still like the time capsule of how we were walking, how we were talking, what we were doing from back in the day. And I think as any creative, like be it photography or just what have you, um, we all kind of do uh, the exact same thing in trying to capture the human condition and preserve it. In the amber, so that we can mm. kind of come back and close it like Jurassic Park, you know what I'm saying? And just yeah. do whatever we need to do with it, you know? Word, word. I wish I wouldn't be capturing some of my Facebook party pictures. God, <laughs> what the hell was I doing and what the <laughs> hell was I wearing? Low I, I, low I, 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 that was that E bro, and J E. Bro, that was that E get carried to the room E, man. Oh, oh my God. God. We all got them, brother. We all got them. <laughs> that, remember that the hashtag if they gun me down? Like it was like, okay, this is the worst picture they can find to be on social media. This is the way to go use something happened to me. That was yeah, pretty mm -hmm. 2008 was full of those pictures. But, yeah, <laughs> that's a real thing, too, because I'm like, I'd be like, dang, man, something happened to me. I go to Facebook, like, what they going to pick? I'm like, they going to pick this one where I'm throwing up the east side in the right. club doing something. Like, I know it. I know it. They're not going to pick me graduating. They're going to pick that one. They're like, ah, he a thug. He's yep. doing something ratchet right here. That's Look, how they do. He had it coming, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Open the shutcase, boys. Open the shutcase. Hey, Open the <laughs> now, both of you guys have something in common. What's you that? both are UNC Charlotte alums. Hey. Yeah. Go for Niners. So, um, yes, you you going to school in fine arts? Mm -hmm. I always wondered, is that 
Because I don't know, there's so many layers, even with that in the beginning, you were talking about what God City is. That Like, wh- where did that start? Like, how did you guys meet, and when did that form? Exactly? Um, well, it's weird because, to tell the complete story, there was a guy whose name was Cyril Harper, who was a young black entrepreneur before we really knew what young black local entrepreneurs were back in the day. He was one of those guys that was always like kind of looking for something to get, kind of get into, like hosting events, you know, managing music. Now, mind you, this is like back in 1997. This is young Jago, like freshman in college Jago, like mm. in, in Central Piedmont Community College. This is the first brother that would ever buy you lunch and just talk to you about how you're doing. I had never known anybody like that from before that. Now, he's a couple years older than me. He was a couple years older than me. And... um. He had a company called 704 Productions. That was his big thing. And he broke it down for me like one day, like maybe freshman, late freshman year of college, where he's like, you know, Charlotte's the city of God, man. You know that? You you ever think about that, man? Like they always take the word God and they try to mix it up and say like gov, like government, but it's actually 704, like the seventh letter of the alphabet being like G, the O being the cipher, and the fourth letter of the alphabet being D. Like 704 Mm -hmm. is like the city of God, God city. And it was like... (laughs) That's how it was just now I was like Bars Yeah <laughs> Hey What's the meme Hit blunt Right right right, right, right. <laughs> You boy with the hood Especially Pull up over his face like, yeah. That's my guy right there He's just like Blown away Kind of looks like Patrick oh from Armada Kind of a little bit <laughs> We went to high school together By the way Me and Patrick From Armada Went to high school mm. Actually And he went to Independence Yeah oh, and, and, and he had Miss Matthews Just like we did This is why really? I love Charlotte yeah. I love Charlotte That's me why I go anywhere I couldn't go nowhere Like we literally had a conversation about that before you came up yeah. he was telling me about the i wanted you to bring that up too but you were telling me about the book yeah that kind of you know really you took it seriously absolutely um with cyril though cyril cyril put me onto that he was the first person to ever commission me for any kind of artwork he made it real for me mm. and um i want to say my junior year of college he was killed mm. uh like over some stuff that had nothing really to do with him um but uh, it sucked because it hurt because this was a big brother figure to me. Mm. Come to find out years later, again, living in Charlotte, I had known a lot of other people who knew him that were his age that were also like my bigger brother, like my best friend Ray, for example. Ray was really good friends with Cyril. I feel like Cyril kind of sent him to me like afterwards. And it's like mm. I wanted to kind of keep this guy's name alive. That's yeah. why, I, I don't know, whenever I... Um, meet up with younger artists or younger anybody, younger creators, what have you. Like I always wanted to kind of be that big brother figure because that was what was modeled for me. Yeah. So for example, whenever I met surf, like it was nothing to go over here and hang out with you guys and talk to surf and like give you, uh, give him my time, tall Chris, the exact same thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, and for me, God City was the way that we were able to go ahead and preserve Cyril Harper's name. And even if we're active or inactive, it's still alive. The spirit of Cyril Harper is still alive through me and through my deeds. So it's like he never really goes anywhere. He's always right with me right there along the way. Mm. Um, God City started when we didn't have a name. It was me and an artist by the name of Antoine Williams. And if y'all don't know him, like, check him out. Like, he's dope. He's out of uh, – he lived in Charlotte, but now he's in Greensville. I believe Raleigh area I believe but um originally it was just maybe me and like a handful of other black students at UNC Charlotte and because it was me and a handful of other black students I mean maybe y'all have had this experience maybe y'all haven't but we kind of became a likes because we, there was 
<clears throat> it was family. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, like this is this is my homeboy right here. Like we we if we ain't got nobody else, we got us. You know, there wasn't yeah, enough of us right. in the department to not like each other, if that made sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so uh after we graduated from uh art school, we would meet up at Antoine's house all the time and eat like either leftover spaghetti or whatever Antoine had and watch like black exploitation movies all the time. And that sounds um, great. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was what we did. We would read juxtap- we would we would read Juxtapose magazine and we would uh talk about how dope like all these other art shows were all over the country. Too bad nothing like that ever happens here in Charlotte. Man, you know? And that'd just be it. Like if that but it's like, you know, it sucked because you know, what it say like frustration, the frustration of of something makes for uh, makes for what is it necessity makes for strange bedfellows and it was like you know we know a lot of people though and it's like you know Marcus at the time was like the manager at Binders over here at Cotswold Binders is gone now mm. but Mark Marcus was working on this really dope like comic book called The Invisible Soldier at the time which is like you know that's his brainchild and he had that for forever and you know Marcus knew a guy named Wally who was a battle rapper but also worked on comic books as well and it was the four of us. And we just kind of met up and we decided we would go ahead and pull our resources together and rent an art gallery in North Davidson at the time. And at the time, you know, they didn't know anything about it. And like, you know, uh, a lot of the galleries in North Davidson were like, Oh man, like uh, uh, the beautiful struggle, the art of hip hop, like, you know, will we need security for this, for this event? You know, will we need metal detectors? We need like fruits of Islam. No, I'm just kidding. Not fruits. Of Islam. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We need like, you know, like brothers in black t-shirts, like mm-hmm. what would we need for this to go ahead and make this thing happen. And, um, you know, a couple of them kind of fronted on us, but for the most part, like we had that first show at the green rice gallery and the rest of it. Um, we just kind of carried on from there. And then we would always try to give, we would not even try to. We just gave everybody an opportunity to go and hang up artwork because we didn't know any better. So it's like, you know, we're trying to get in. You want to get in? Come on over here. That's pretty much what that is. You want to hang something? Come on, like anybody. Yeah. And that was just how we did it. So, yeah. And then, um, like, you know, the thing is, like, when we, with any movement of people, we all start with the same kind of focus. But then as time goes on, you know, the focus is kind of shift, you know, and everybody kind of starts to have their own thing. And it's like we didn't understand to give each other space. That's really important for like, you know, young people because it's like, you know, you begin to resent each other if you're always up under each other. Almost like, you know, your high school girlfriend kind of is like, you know, you think you want to be around each other forever, but it's right. like, you know, say you want to go out and like, you know, play video games with your homeboys. She's not always going to want to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's kind of how we were. But uh, we eventually kind of went our own separate ways to kind of pursue our own careers. But like, I think, actually, I know in order for us to preserve our friendship and be as close as we are now to this day we had to allow ourselves space mm-hmm. and trust each other enough to know that, you know, whatever happens, it's always going to be family first. You know what I'm saying? Even like now to this day, uh, whenever we work with other younger artists, like um, we're always like suggesting other artists to, to, to each other. And, um, you know, it's just, it's always been the the four brothers and, and all the other people that kind of came along, came up along with us, you know? And it's like, we didn't know, what we were doing until it was over. And then we look back at it and like, damn, we really actually put that together. That was pretty cool, you know? So, And I think you educate me on something because uh, exactly. he kept looking at me too. I think you know where I'm going with this. Because um, <laughs> nah, even before I started actually doing <clears throat> photography, I was uh, rapping. Like uh, I was rapping. I was in a group. Yeah. And um, I think 
the reason why we kind of went our separate ways was because of that space. Yeah. Um, we had my little brother on here, uh, Killer Kawabo. He raps too. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of that same kind of scenario where mm-hmm. I feel like we were so close, but I think a couple things kind of like made us go opposite directions. Mm-hmm. But we still have love for each other. You right. know, we still create in different ways. And I think that's one thing our generation kind of lack a little bit. Like sometimes we, we'll go separate ways and just be mm-hmm. like, yo. Forget I don't it. rock with him at all. And yeah, I don't yeah, rock yeah. with him at all. Because I mean, now there's certain people I don't rock with at all. <laughs> right, for right, real. Right, but right, like, right. I think you know, kind of just hearing you saying that, it's like I think that comes from wisdom because mm-hmm. you can always do other things and you can always come back together. You know, tie yeah. back together. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and say that there weren't some hard feelings there right. at, at one time, but it's something where it's like you know, the thing is like, <laughs> I've done enough work and made it believable with people I don't like. You know, and made that work with them. And it's like, you know, this is family, though. These are people that I kind of came up with. So it's like I'd much rather work with. I got goosebumps talking about this right now. I'd much rather work with the people that I love and be around the people that I love than, you know, work with the people I don't necessarily care that much about. Because, like, at least I know these guys don't want anything else from me but my own well-being. You know, they want for me to just be okay. And it's like, I want the exact same thing for you. I was in a rap group, too, years ago, by the way. I was going to say that. I saw a video you spitting. Oh, my God. I was, was <laughs> going to bring that up. I was like, yo, you was a spitter. What? You, yeah, I was going to bring that up, man. You had, a, you had on a Deadpool hoodie, man. I yeah. trust me. I did, I did my Narwar hey, research. Wow, I was ready I was ready for this interview. Bro. You don't understand. I was like, you used to spit, too. Yeah. Um, and that was something where it was like, you know, again, like um, when you start out, like everything is kind of the, on the same key. And as time goes on, like it was me, Ami, and DJ Rubix. And like Rubix would go on to make his own beats and kind of do like the record store thing. Ami would go on to be a vegan chef. I would go on to do art. Like, and it was wild because he went to go. Actually, his journey was like pastry chef, vegetarian chef, vegan chef. Now he's a business owner out of Charlotte. Murat Mura Vegan is where he goes. Like, uh, they got some real dope stuff. Like, I'm not even like a vegetarian or vegan like that. Right. But it's good. So yeah. it's really dope. I love that, man. Yeah. I love that growth. That's that's yeah. so dope. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. He's still like, every time something new and dope comes out, he's like, hey, bro, did you hear this idea? Like, actually, <laughs> just hit me up about Buster Rhymes. Like, the new Buster Rhymes album that just came out. I so. heard it was fire. Have you heard it yet? I haven't heard Buster's it Buster's amazing, man. He's always amazing. So, yeah. yeah. But it yeah. takes me back, though, because that's that. But that's our relationship. You know, it's like, right. and it's like, I can't. With Ami, it was always something where it's like, I, I love Ami because of who he is. I'm not trying to make Ami be something else that he's not, you know, and that was kind of uh, where we made that agreement. I mind you, I've known this guy since I was in the fifth grade. So, like, I mean, we we can't, again, we're attached at the hip. We're pretty much brothers. Regardless of, like, whatever's going on, we still there for one another in that way. So, God, I got to stop being petty. It's so funny he said that because I that? had posted something on Facebook saying, you know, this is the week of apologies with Yeah, I saw it. I was <laughs> with, <laughs> with 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 uh Jeezy, you know, doing the olive branch and then Will Smith apologizing to the first Aunt Vib. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, if anybody wanna apologize to me now, <laughs> go ahead and do it. But I will say this, one of my friends actually commented was like, Yeah, I wanna apologize for not being a good friend and I'm petty. Mm-hmm. Part of me was like, but then like just hearing this, it's like, yeah. man, I got to be more Jeezy and less Gucci. Well, you know what it is, yeah. too, is, like, you think about, like, a lot of people, man. It's, like, you have to – the way that I like to look at people where I don't get super angry about it is, like, okay, this person is operating at max capacity, and if they could do any differently, then they probably would have. And it's, right. like, you know, there's not even so much as a right or wrong, so much as, like, okay, this is your life experiences, and this is why you've done this in this way. It's nothing personal towards me. It's just, like, okay, like, I know that this is just kind of how you function. And there's some people, like, I can say, okay, like, you know what? I love you in spite of that. Some people, I'm like, okay, like, I need to love you from afar. Like, there's a lot of artists in Charlotte. Like, I don't rock with you, period. But right. it's like, I love you from afar. Like, I'm not going to sit over here and, like, put 
anything, you know, put any bad out on you. It's just like, okay, make your money, do your thing. Again, there's not enough of us for me to not like you in that way. Yeah, you know I, I feel you. I'm the same way. I never bash nobody, but right. I just not mess with you. Just right. I got to love yeah. you from afar, man. I got to yeah. leave you alone. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that comes with wisdom. That comes with growth. Yeah. I want to touch on um, dealing with actual, um, the, the scene beforehand to where it is now dealing with like the art community mm-hmm. and the art district. I mean, you, you are around, you're, you're from here, like how we are. So you mm-hmm. remember like originally it being like North Davidson dealing with like from like, from the poetry houses that were there mm-hmm. to the poets going from the houses to wind up to the mm-hmm. art crawls that used to be there um, to where now you kind of seeing like the transition of how it's become now more business mm-hmm. and it's kind of switched to, People want to call it like the Plaza Midwood area where they consider in that the, the art district. But now with the influx of people, mm-hmm. that's pretty much becoming <laughs> like how Noda is right. is now. Right. And so my question is like, do you ever see it coming to a stage where it will be like an official, like really not tainted art district? Like Charlotte has a bad habit of imploding on itself. It does. It's been a lot of great moments of art from mm-hmm. like. The, the the God City, like the the startup, what you guys would go do in North Davidson mm-hmm. to even like the the sponsors we used to have with like our beats and lyrics back yeah. in the day. Like that was beautiful. Wasn't that it? was a beautiful moment. That and that was that was around the same time when you still had wine up and you Shout still had W, those. by the way. Shout yeah. out to W. <laughs> That's the moment. <laughs> we were saying no, yeah, wine up though. Yeah. No. Um I missed the wine up now you said that. <laughs> that was a good spot. Do you ever see it being consistent and never imploding on itself? Like can I tell you why my theory i can't say this is fact this is my theory um before we had wine up there was a place called cafe cafe over near where the chuck E. cheese is off of albemarle road mm. and that was like a spot where they had like hip-hop then you had cafe bijou that was over here beside like nova's bakery on central avenue and they would always have poetry stuff like all over the place you know and um you know whenever before like you know we started getting money, like all the creators started getting money, like that we would all kind of lump together and work mm-hmm. in the exact same place. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think what ends up happening though is because a lot of creatives tend to be more nomadic um, than um, most business-minded people. I think business-minded people or business owners, people with money, with capital, go to the places where the creatives are and say, oh, man, this is a pretty cool place to go ahead and set up. Mm-hmm. We're going to put a brewery here. Yeah. Oh, man, we're going to put a brewery. We're going to get, we're gonna get like, you know, this European graffiti artist to come over here and put up, like, a portrait of, like, Johnny Cash, like, on the side of the building. And it's going to be, it's going to be great. You know, it's like, but that's, mm-hmm. what, that's not a shot towards any other. <laughs> 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 we're going to put some PBR up here on the side of the wall, and we're going to sponsor an event. But, no, um, what ends up happening is, you know, most of the arts exist in more affordable places. So you'll find that, you know, at one time, North Davidson wasn't always the North Davidson that we know. North Davidson was the hood at one time. Yeah. And, you know, because of that, like, you could get, like, you know, these small sort of fledgling businesses to kind of come over there and set these places up. And we could have events there and do art stuff there. But, you know, we are there as creatives and we do our thing. And then we go. But never do we buy anything. Hmm. Never do we own our own businesses. We're always like looking for someone else's businesses to go ahead and be able to host whatever it is that we do. Hmm. Um, there's a new spot like over in Davidson, in the Davidson area, 
that has like a lot of outsider art, and I can't think of what it's called. It's like Cam Northen. Not well, not Cam Northen. This is uh, something else. It's uh, it's like it's in old school Davidson. Like it gets over there, and I can't mm, think of what okay. it's called. But um, I think it's called Tough Ass Crew or Tough Ass Something. It's it's one of those places or something like that. But it's cool because it's like this is what North Davidson was back whenever I was coming up when I was like 19, 20 years old. Mm. Um, Camp Northen is dope in the way that they work. They align themselves with creatives, but at the same time, outside of Dup and Swat and Dammit Wesley open, owning property over there, and now uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Hooker and Matt Moore. That's pretty much it as far as like creatives. Yeah. They've got it figured out to where they've gone ahead and rented a space so they can go ahead and display their artwork there. A lot of us don't think in the exact same way. I think in order for us to go ahead and be able to have an untainted resource where we can kind of display our wares, we have to own it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the thing is I think a lot of us, um, we're living like painting to painting, poem to poem, photo to photo, all piece, <laughs> painting, painting, photo. But um, no. Um, so that being said, like it's something where we, as we get more established, it's just something where we have to move more deliberately and we have to start to own these properties in order for us to be able to have control over it. Because if we don't, then what ends up happening is someone else will tell us what art is for us. Someone else will say, okay, this is what we do. This is what you have here. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but uh, that being said, like it's, it's always kind of been that way. And um it's just a matter of us kind of being able to invest in ourselves. Like I think the the silver lining to all this is that like now we as creatives are starting to buy more than we ever have. We are starting to be more entrepreneurial. So yeah. whenever I see y'all doing y'all's own thing, whenever I see you guys working for yourself, that's not something that I used to see back in the day. It would be something where it's like, okay, I'm I'm this gallery right here. Like they represent my work. And it's almost like I don't know if this is a family show or not, but if it is, I, I apologize. You it's like we're talk yeah, you can okay. say whatever you want. All right. It reminds me of like you guys are free agents. We're all individual bounty hunters doing our own thing. Yeah, we're all Boba Fett's. We're all Mandalorians here. Back in the day, it was kind of like we were all kept property from the galleries from back in the day. So like it'd be like, oh well, I'm Green Rice's hoe. Oh, I'm Baku Gallery's hoe. Like, I'm this person's hoe, like, over here. Like, I belong to these people. Like, I can only show through the Charlotte Art League, and that's pretty much it. Now we have the freedom to go wherever we want to. And I think with your generation of artists, I feel like there will start to be more people who own their own thing. You start seeing it now, like, right around the corner, there's, like, the art trap house in the art trap house over around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. Or the art house or something. They call it, like, trap or something like that. They had, like, um, like it's a dope house that somebody turned into a art gallery where people are working over here in the backyard, that kind of thing. The entrepreneurialism is there. Like necessity is making for this bedfellow now. So I, I see it coming. Like if it didn't come with my generation, maybe like once we're older, like once my generation is older, we'll start buying more stuff. But I see it with you guys because you guys know how to work for yourselves. You have Instagram you can hustle off of. You have YouTube you can hustle off of. The, the the channels that we used to go through back in the day that we used to have to go through, y'all don't have to go through anymore. Y'all can bypass all this stuff if you want to. That is true. You know right what I'm saying? Man. Like, you talk about, like, direct-to-garment clothing. That We don't have to go to, like, a print shop to go ahead and do anything now. You talk about musicians. Like, I was just listening to, what's my guy? The Coochie Man? Ah, uh, oh, The Coochie Man. Uh <laughs> Uh, oh, Y&J, yeah, whatever his yeah, name is, you know what I'm name. saying? Yeah, <laughs> so it's like I was just listening, listening to him this morning because I think that guy's hysterical. I love him so much. He is hysterical. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it's like you think about, like, you know, going through the music industry. You talk about going through the film industry. You can crowdsource your own budget to go ahead and produce a film now. Yeah. So I think there will be more 
brick and mortar places, once we understand that no one's going to do anything for us, we have to do it for ourselves. And I think that was the thing that we didn't understand. My generation didn't understand coming up is that we were, we were waiting either we were waiting on a Superman or we were waiting to get behind somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, frustration has led us elsewhere, but it's like, you know, I think you guys already had that ingrained in you from early on. Like that's something that wasn't, that's not PS one software. Like it's PS four, PS five software, whatever. Y'all got that figured out. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. still working on it. So, but at the same time, y'all didn't have the certain avenues. Like you said, we had, y'all didn't have Instagram. Like no. y'all didn't have like certain mediums that we have. And it's great to see, you know, and this is why I always tell my friends would be like, Oh, I can't do this. I'd be like, man, you have the resources around mm-hmm. you. You just got to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And you got to put consistency and you have to put hard work. Consistency. That's a yeah. big word, too. Like a lot of people are. Because, you know, key. like, well, you think about this, too. Like, and we were just talking about this in the parking lot, um, talking about how, uh, you know, everybody's so quick to try to go run and show and tell. And it's like you only ever show the highlight reel. So you don't show like where you wiped out on your skateboard. You only show where you landed the ollie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, the thing is. If we could just get to a place where, <clears throat> if we could just get to a place where we work and we're not so wrapped up in the showy aspect of it for someone else to see and do it from that standpoint, then I think we'll have more to show for it later on. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think about, for example, um, uh, we're talking about local artists here, but uh, I think about Nick Napolitano. Y'all know that guy? Like, he does a bunch of photorealistic stuff around Charlotte. Um, he's a painter, and he does his thing, and he's talented, and that's whatever it is, but it's something where it's like, you know, he's not quick to go run on social media, like, right after he's done something and, like, you know, do, like, the TikTok dance, like, out in front yeah. of the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not trying to sit over here and, like, you know, hold checks in the camera and be like, this is mm-hmm. how much I'm making, like, right now. Like, I, I've seen artists do that before. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I get your celebration. If you can kind of keep the quiet money quiet, you know what I'm saying? Not just yeah. sit over here and try to go run tell that to go rub this in everybody else's face. Like, I mean, I get that they're haters and I understand that. But the thing is, with a hater you don't really acknowledge haters. You just kind of keep them guessing. And that's pretty much what it is. Like people don't know me and a lot of people don't know what I look like. And that's because I kind of keep it low. Like I'm sitting over here talking to people. I'm not looking over here to be spiteful to anybody who doubted me. Like if that's your thing, cool. Like it wasn't for you. There's live for every pot. Like you don't like it. I'm going to take this stuff over here. Right. That's pretty much what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah. But um, I think again, like uh, you guys definitely have a more business minded spirit than I think we did from back in the day. So uh, that being said, I'm looking forward to like seeing what you guys come up with and probably hanging some artwork up in y'all's galleries before too long. Yeah, and it's still, it's, <laughs> like, you know I'm, I'm with saying? that. I'm with it's still saying. a lot of work to do, man. It's yeah, still well, a lot absolutely, of work. but there's always work to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think mm-hmm. the thing is like um, it's easier to go and get the work started once you acknowledge there's work to be done. Yeah, and that's something a lot of people don't do. They they'd rather just sit over here and be like, "Well, you know, I got this. I'm very showy." And it's like that's cool, but like you know, let's not just wear everything that we have on our backs. Let's go ahead and have something saved and stored up for somewhere else. You know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I will say that it's definitely been an awakening within, like, for me, just watching the past, like, I would say, like, the past half a decade, mm-hmm. where like my generation has started to like look at certain things. Where it's like, why are these people? We kind of talked about this last podcast. Where it's like, why we got people from. Seattle buying these spots and then destroying like historical landmarks and then people get pissed about it because they don't know nothing about the city. Right. And it's like, we have to like get into that mind frame of ownership. Right. And not being like enslaved into certain things. Absolutely. Well, you think about like, um, with Charlotte, like, um, you think about how transient of a city it is. 
you know, and it's like, you know, it changes over like every two or three years. It's a different city full of people. Mm. Like every two or three years I have to reintroduce myself to a new market mm-hmm. of people over and over and over again. And I did that like last year. So I'm due for like another one like next year, like once I'm through with school. Mm. But like you think about that and you think about all the creatives here that don't really. If we own something, then they would know where to go for our artwork. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if they own, so like you know, there's a, always a high turnover with galleries, like you know, with like the paint and sit places, like which whatever else. But if we own that, then they would know where they could go for that. You know what I'm saying? Like I think about like uh, what was it, the Gucci Mane battle, like uh, oh, like man. a couple nights ago. Where <laughs> the, we, I, I, I'm waiting to talk about. But that. he's like, my ahead. fit costs ten thousand, ten racks. My fit is like you know, but I own half of Atlanta. Like that's like so. It's like you know, yeah, what are you yeah. saying? You know, like it's that kind of thing here. Where it's like you know, yeah, you're doing that, but we own half of Charlotte. Mm. And he's not even from Atlanta. That's funny. He's from yeah. South Carolina. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from South Carolina. So think about it. He's like one of the guys that Titus mentioned who actually moved here, buy a property, and yeah. then take over. Yeah. But Gucci's actually from Zone 6, East Atlanta. So you know what's crazy about that, though? It's like, you know, I think about some of the other artists over here that have been that have had investors, like, putting money into their operation. Mm-hmm. And why can't we do the exact same thing here? Like, why don't we have... I mean, I've, <laughs> I go to the Mint Museum about, like, once every couple months. Like, now that the pandemic's here, like, not at all, but I used to. And you have investors. You have all these people from the Gantt Center. You have, like, all these grants that are written. Like, that's the next step. That's the smart money, the grant money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to go ahead and write that to be able to go ahead and establish these other things. But, you know, we can't continue to do this on the street level. We have to operate in the same way that other artists do, the other creatives do. Sorry, I'm over here preaching. No, no, nah, nah. I'm I'm preaching nonsense. <laughs> You're not preaching nonsense. Some people need to hear this, too, <laughs> you know, soaking mm-hmm. this in. And I think, and I kind of talk about it often on the show, too. I think with Charlotte, we kind of like how you said, it's certain venues and stuff mm-hmm. that would turn over and disappear. I feel like with us, and we all can, you know, say this because we've been here our whole life, we don't have a culture. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we lack a culture. And the thing you look at Atlanta, kind of like how, like, I mean, Jeezy and Gucci hated each other. Yeah. But they was able to pull that off for the culture. Right. That was a win for Atlanta. Right. Compared to Charlotte. Like, what is our culture? When you come to Charlotte, what do you think of? You think of what? Banks? And you think of NASCAR. Yeah. But what about your arts? You know, what about your your music? Like, you have the the baby who is a well-known artist. And you have, like, other people like Elevator J and Danero Perard. But it's just like... What is Charlotte like known for, you know? Right. Well, you know, like, uh, and that's a, uh, it's funny you should say that because I think about how back whenever I was coming up, like back when I was in the rap group, right? Like, uh, back in Pottersfield MCs back in the day, like it was something where, um, we noticed that all the musicians that were really dope, like, left Charlotte to go to like Atlanta or New York. So it was like there was a group called Urban Abstract that was amazing. There was a group called Catskills Project that was amazing. There was a group called Dominant Seven that was amazing. Um, and um, even like uh, the Academy and the rest of them, like even Wally, everybody else's stuff. And it's like a lot of these guys, either they went somewhere else or they took their ball and like left the city or just did whatever else they did with it. And like a lot of artists did the exact same thing. Yeah. And my whole belief system with Charlotte was that I always wanted to grow where I was planted. And I'll be damned if anybody Romero Bearden's me and gives me all the flowers in the world after I'm dead. You yeah. will give me my flowers now. Right. Yeah, right. You know right. what I'm saying? I'm working for this now. Like, you know, like show it to Dumbo. Oh, he was such a good dude. Like show me I'm a good dude now. Put some cash in my hand. Keep me alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Buy some artwork. Buy a t-shirt. Go get a skateboard deck. Something. Anything. You mm-hmm. know? But... This is life, but this is how we establish this. We grow where we're planted. 
You know, you can travel. I'm like Prince, man. Like, I, I could travel, like, wherever I wanted to. But Minneapolis is my home. Charlotte is my Minneapolis. Speaking yeah. of that, I saw you said that in the uh, other interview. I'm guessing you're a huge Prince fan. <laughs> Bro, I did my research. I was like, oh, so he, he's big into Prince. Yeah, I'm so. a real big. Well, because, you know, like, that was the thing is, like, you know, with Prince, man, like, the whole reason I ever wanted to create anything was to kind of be like that guy that could strap up a guitar and just go on somebody else's stage and, like, play somewhere else and then go home. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, like shred on the, just toss off stage and be like, all right, I'm out. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. But that was only because, um, you know, I know that I'm working with a limited window of time here. We're all, we all are, right. you know, and it's like, I think about my grandfather who was a painter. I think about my uncle who was a painter. I think about their lives. I don't know that much about their art. I know that like my grandfather in Greensboro still has like a lot of the buildings. He was a sign painter for his uh, day job. He would paint like, you know, portraits and stuff like in his for his studio work and like there's still like you know paintings on those facades and it's like that's those are his cave paintings those are his footprints and it's like you know i always think about i was a tribe called quest there's a song called footprints and it's like you know i try to like i want to be able to to do as much as i can for the people that i care about and for the people that i don't know i would like to be able to plant some seeds for those trees that I'll never be able to enjoy the the shade of just because they weren't there from before. Yeah. And that's the thing is that there's so many people that did the exact same thing for us. We stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. And I know that before I become an ancestor, I would like for many more people to be able to stand on the shoulders that I've created in this city. So if there's not a black art scene, it's not because I damn sure didn't try. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like I think about, for example, with Prince, super prolific. And I understand now that like there's a lot of other stuff that goes behind that. But at the same time, like, Sometimes you need those people that are hyper-focused and driven to show you that it can be done. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think about, for example, we talked about earlier, um, Jean-Michel Basquiat, only 27 years old that he lived. And in the 27 years that he lived, like, he was able to go ahead and make a whole lot of artwork. I wish he lived a healthier lifestyle so that he could still be with us, who could talk to us and provide us with his guidance. But yeah. he showed us that it could be done. And I think that's the thing that's the most empowering about him whenever we talk about his artwork. Because the most empowering thing about Prince is that you showed us that it could be done. You can play more than several instruments. You can be more than one genre. Blackness, the black experience, the black creative experience is a nuanced experience. We don't have to be one thing. We could be funk, rap, blues, R&B, gospel, jazz, soul music, country if we want to be. You know what I'm yeah, saying? That's facts. pretty much whatever it is. And it's like, you know, with that creatively as an artist, why can't I do the exact same thing? You know what I'm saying? That, that shows me that it can be done. And I would like to show someone else that it can be done. Because back whenever I was a kid... I'm sorry, I'm over here testifying now. Nah, you're good. <laughs> it it seemed like it was like that far away. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it seemed like it was so far. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, <laughs> it's almost to a fault, but it's like I I like to demystify. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it to feel like I'm living on Mount Olympus. I don't want to be like Kratos. I want to be like, you know, like the dude up the street. I want to be Ben Grimm the thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to mm -hmm. be street level. I want to be able to talk to people and like say, hey, man, listen, I'm kind of a hero. You can kind of do the exact same thing too. I'm not saying I am, but I'm just saying like that's Ben Grimm and Yancey Street. That's where he was. That's his yeah. hometown. I want to live on Yancey Street. I want to kind of be that person. And I know that like, you know, if ain't no role models, then why can't I be one? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why can't I do it? So. And that's one thing I think I respect about you. Like, if you don't know, I think you're legendary in my Thank eyes. You, man. I and that. I mean, oh, yeah. your work is all over the city. Thank you. And even when I first met you, um, I met you, like I told you, I met you at, I think, SodaCon back in Columbia. Mm -hmm. um, and when me and my wife like saw your work, we was just like, oh, he's dope. He's a black artist. You was actually doing the live painting of 
one of my favorite works too. It was Batman and Joker fighting on a roller coaster. Oh, wild card. <laughs> you have that? I don't have that. I need that. I got one with your name on it. Oh, thank you. And then, <laughs> no like, problem. My, my, no problem. my wife was just like, oh, I love his work. Like, we actually got one of your things hanging up in our wall. It is the, I know the name of it. I look at it every day, but when I go to my office, it's the joint with the girl with the natural hair with the shell toe Adidas on. And she's kind of bending right here. She got like a starfish in her hair. And I think you said you did that because you had like, a sibling or somebody who wanted something like that, but like um, I know the name of it too. I have, I think we have a. I should tell her to send it to me. But my wife, she's really big in like you know black representation, mm-hmm. and she has natural hair and stuff mm-hmm. like that, so she can identify with that. And she was just like, you know, we like seeing artists just such like yourself as you know have that good representation of us. Because I got her into anime, but sometimes she hated because she felt like. Black representation is so bad with the big yeah. lips and all this and that. But your mm-hmm. artwork is just so powerful. And like your lines and like your color and everything about it, it's just so loud and it's Thank so you. powerful and it makes us feel represent, represented. Um, I actually bought the, I think that same day I bought the um, the Goofy movie joint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm a huge fan. That's like one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time. Thank you. Yeah, but, but I think one thing I kind of want to go into with this is like, Kind of going back to your childhood, I think mm-hmm. I read something that you know your mom really was the one who kind of got you into art. You are good, so you you got the you did the narwhal research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 about that now, and it's because like when I was younger, I wanted to be an artist myself, and I didn't have that you know that push or that drive. And mm-hmm. then like with school, I know with our school system, they didn't focus on art; no, they, they more not. focus on academics. Yeah, granted, a B honor roll guy over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like I wish I would have had that drive, like kind of how you had with your mom. I think that's really cool that you had that. I am. Um, I'm, I'm a proud BC honor roll member. I didn't. Ever, I never. I only. I only got the AB honor roll like once. We don't I, have to discuss mine. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I, I'm, I'm gonna give you an idea of the time period. Okay. Like I think as a reward for being on the AB honor roll, I got Super Mario Brothers two. Oh, for a gift. Let's <laughs> show you how long ago that was. You know, I was a little boy. <laughs> Um, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I do appreciate that. Um, so often it was a thing where, you know, we didn't ever have a main role in anything. We were always a secondary or a tertiary character. Yeah. You were the Alfonso Rivera from Silver Spoons that spoke jive and could moonwalk. Respect to Alfonso Rivera. We love him. Yeah. He's a, he's a national treasure. He is. We weren't often very much the Gary Coleman's, the center focal piece, the the Webster's, you know, the T'Challa's. T'Challa was revolutionary because we had never seen anything like that to that scale before. Um, that being said, like, I think about my baby sister or my cousins or, like, you know, my mother, for example, and it's like, you know, a lot of times – the sisters do go ignored, you know, and it's something where it's, or we're objectified. Yeah. Um, so you think about that and you think about being able to sing a song or bring some, again, the flowers, bringing someone the flowers and saying, this is for you. This is what I, this is how I see you. This is how I cherish you. I try to make it so that hopefully young women, young black women can see themselves in what it is that I'm making it, that it re- resonates with them only because, you know, so often, like, I'm not really, I'm not the sexy artist. I don't do like a lot of sexy stuff. You know, I'm not trying to make you like an object. I don't want to see you butt booty naked like all the time. That's not me. Right. Yeah. But, you know, like I can 
show you a black girl in a painting that might have an anime collection. I can show you the black girl that knows a lot about hip hop. I can show you that person because I know these people also. Mm. And that's a, that's a, that's an industry that's gone untapped. I think about like my, my, um, I think about my person, my former person, my sometimes person, my always person, whatever you want to call her. And I think about how whenever I first met her years ago, like one of the bigger things that she would talk about was how um, the paintings that I did look like her, you know, and she had never seen that before. Mm. And um, she wanted to buy some artwork. And I was like, nah, I'd rather talk to you. Let me, let me try to holler for a I'm a holler at But that being said though, like, um, like, that's a really big deal just because, you know, somebody's got to show you that you're wonderful and I can't leave it to nobody else. Somebody else can do it, but it's like, if I don't see it, then why am I going to sit there and complain about it when I can do it? Mm-hmm. And I think to me, that's the thing that um, I've always tried to do with my artwork is just try to, again, tell my experience and show how we're living. Yeah. And that's, uh, I mean, again, with the window that I got, the Dave Chappelle, the being able to go ahead and make the time capsule. Mm-hmm. I, Try to create a series of time capsules. Just let that be it, you know. Yeah, you've done a great job of doing that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. He like what he was saying from your your collections to just admiring your work from afar. You've done a good job of like you kind of you, you use prints, and I think about that in the sense of you because of how adored you are by the community. Like when you talk that, to like countless people from like the serfs that we know that's close to you to the people that you don't even know that right, yeah. you've inspired to like do artwork like my niece and like my nephews that do in the arts now. I appreciate um, that. You've been, you've touched so many people. And then at the same time, you'll have these stories like with a prince where it's like, you, you see when he passed, that city adored him yeah. because so many of them would come to his place and like listen to him jam out and, yeah. and have the opportunity to talk to him. And like, he, bring him over for a lunch and like, let him listen to his new shit. Yeah. And you're kind of that same way where you're like, Shoot, you're, you're, you're like that. a unicorn, nah, man. We, <laughs> yeah. we got to give you your flowers. Yeah, like, like, you're, you're like a, you're like a unicorn in a sense where it's like you move, but at the same time you let people into your world when you, when you, when you're around, you're very inviting. Well, and I, I appreciate be, that because you really don't have to. It's a lot of daggone, and you know them. You know yeah, I do. Some, <laughs> of the, some of the artists that don't have nowhere yeah. near the pedigree and portfolio that you have that uh, they might as well have a damn security guard beside them. Well, you yeah. know what's crazy, though? It's like it's all so fickle, though. It can yeah. all be gone tomorrow. It yeah. can all be gone tomorrow. And the thing is, it was art is very much what have you done for me lately. And I would much rather have you know, 25 friends and 25 fans. Cause I always feel like fans are like today's fan is tomorrow's critic. If that makes sense. So it's yeah. like, ah, you know what? This is cool, but this ain't really like, you know, this, this other stuff you was doing from before that that's, that's where it's at. You know, like that's, yeah. that's uh so it's like, I would much rather be able to go ahead and build with you and know that we're all on a similar or this uh, on the same kind of journey. And, you know, while we intersected, you at least got to know like something about like a process or something because it's all human interaction and art as we know it is a very lonely life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in your studio. Like if you're recording music, you're always in the studio. If you're doing photography, you're in a dark room. If I'm over here painting, I'm in a studio. If you're doing video footage, mm. you're editing videos by yourself for the most part. Yeah, You yeah. feel crazy whenever you get through doing this stuff, man. <laughs> this sitting over here, like I've edited videos before. I hate editing videos because it's like, I'm thinking I'm doing some like some some dope, you know, John Singleton type stuff. I'm not. It's all hatchet work. I know this. But at the same time, you know, 
when you're working on a craft and you're creative, like you have these ideas that bounce back and forth in your head. And it's like, we're not ants in a colony, like moving in a single file. We have to interact with each other, like lock antenna and talk to one another, man, and do yeah. something. Um, and it's like, I know I can be antisocial at times, but like, you know, whenever I need that social interaction, I got to have it, man. I got to be able to talk to somebody. Like I think about like, um, and um, y'all are more than welcome to come by the crib whenever y'all want to. But it's like I think about like uh, whenever Chris or Surf or Marcus or whomever comes over to the house, like it's like I enjoy that person's company. Like I'm just sitting over here talking about stuff and it's not that serious. I think a lot of times we think as creatives we have to be strong Jay whenever we go into a place and you ain't got to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have to sit over here like on on horse-drawn carriage, you know what I'm saying? Like with like the Roman guards. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I can sit over here and just talk and it's like, you know, I feel like – Powerful people don't have to remind you how powerful they are. Mm -mm. You know a lion doesn't have to roar all the time. No. It's like, mm. what is it? Wolves howl at the moon. The moon don't howl back. Mm. So it's like, you know, I look at like a lot of these other people that have their own accomplishments, their own accolades, and that's cool. And have those and celebrate yourself and know that you're wonderful. But at the same time, like, be wonderful without making other people feel like garbage. Right. Your Facts. humbleness is unmatched, man. I appreciate that. Like, you, you're you definitely a, a celestial. Am I saying it right? I appreciate that. That's dope. <laughs> like, Marvel. I told you. I told you. I told you. <laughs> so, I guess if we could go there, um, what really got you into, because you're a huge comic book fan. I am. Um, what's, what's some of your favorite series and, like, what's some of the favorite, like, heroes that you actually like to draw? Um, like, to draw? Um I mean, you draw, you, you did everything. That's yeah, I, I, well, you know what, like, but if I had to choose, though, like, I, I you know, honestly, like, a lot of it, um, I like the big, clunky, uh, the thing is, right. like, he's probably one of my favorite things to draw, just because I identify with this character that I love him that much. Uh, any of that sort of fantastic Jack Kirby cosmic stuff is nuts, because if you look at it, a lot of that stuff is so based in, like, you know, indigenous culture is so much based on like just some stuff he ain't never seen before. And it's just this, this sort of celebration this stirring up of, of ideas and concepts, man. Um, so that's always really cool. Like when I was a little boy, like I was kind of, I was raised on Batman. Like that was the first yeah. superhero film I ever saw outside of the Christopher Reeve Superman was the Michael Keaton Batman movie. Same here. So I'm always like Batman. I'm always kind of playing with the Joker. Like I can't feel like I, I've never done what I feel like is my definitive Joker. Right. Just because, um, but any of that stuff where it's like super imaginative, as far as comics go, like it's kind of the exact same thing. Like I like action comics, but for the most part, like whenever I'm reading something, I'm reading it for like, like oh my God, I can't believe that. What they're going to do next month. Right. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, so like for me, like, um, I'm like that with mangas. So yeah. So you know what I'm talking about where it's like, yeah. you are floored and it's like, I don't go in there expecting to be wild, but at the same time when I am wild, Charlie, hold on. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this, this, right. This, that's right. it. You know, like, um. But I think about the last uh, Spider-Man run I read, uh, the Dan Slott run, like, the, he ran for, like, 10 years, like, with the Red Goblin and, like, you know, okay, yeah. the Superior Spider-Man and, like, you know, the Dr. Ox Spider-Man. You like, like that series? Which ones? The Superior one? I didn't like the concept about it. The the bigger picture, like, the whole run, though. Like, right. like it was something where, I'm going to tell you how I knew that I was a Spider-Man, because I've always read Spider-Man since I was a little boy. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you. He's my favorite comic book character. That's my favorite superhero. It. Well, see, in, uh, mm. like, he's, he's got it. Like, my, my buddy Antoine, or I think it was Jose, used to say, like, he's got every reason to be a super villain, but he chooses not to. Right, yeah. Like, he could do whatever he wants to. Like, who's going to stop him? But it's like, no. Like, I have this sense of responsibility for my community. But and he's they so know relatable, him. Though. So relatable. They he's know so him. Relatable. The enemies know who he is. Yeah, right. They come get him whenever they want to. And he's like sitting over here trying to bounce a checkbook, keep his wife happy, you know what yeah. I'm saying, pay the rent, 
and let that be what it is. Like, I think when you look at Superman, you're like, oh, Superman's just this powerful alien being. Mm-hmm. You look at Batman, he's rich. Right. With Spider-Man, now that we actually got a black one, I want to kind of get into that. Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man, he's a broke, smart dude. Yeah. But, like, you know, he, like you said, he has everything, every reason to be a bad guy. But right. yet, he still do the great responsibility. I mean, it took one thing in his life to make him have that mindset right. to be like, okay, I lost my uncle Ben. Right. I don't want anybody else to go through that same thing I went through. And I have this power, so I need to use it responsibly, you know? And he has every downfall. Like, yeah. I think that's, he's just so relatable. He's that's got something my, to lose. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's the, that's, that's the responsibility. That, 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 that is responsibility right. that you have something to lose. Like I think about like, you know, spider Superman has, I guess, Lois Lane. That's his something to lose also. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I never understood like why Superman would be with Lois if you got Wonder Woman though. That's that's bugged out. <laughs> like Wonder Woman is where is that clear? I was watching uh, that last uh, that bat, that Superman Reign of Superman cartoon that they just put out in DC. I was like, yo, Wonder Woman's where is that man? That's that's <laughs> boot thing right there. She's the one that you want to keep at the house. But she always kept going back and forth with Batman too on some of the other. Series oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. So I like, forgot about that. that Wonder Woman triangle. was a tease. I can't even imagine being a human dating Wonder Woman. That's crazy to me. Like, I don't know what I could say to her. She's immortal, kind of, and she lives forever, and I'm just a guy. You're just a regular guy. I'm just a regular dude, man, with a bunch of cool gadgets. <laughs> <laughs> and a Lazarus pit in the back. That's pretty much what I got. You know? But you said, so So, what are some of your favorite series? <laughs> oh, um, uh, the Dan Slot run of Spider-Man, that 10-year that slot. No, oh, that's what I was going to tell you. That's how I knew I was a Spider-Man fan, because whenever that mind swap happened with right. Dr. Octopus... That ain't feel right. I was mm. pissed. You were pissed. It, I was like, screw this. You I, had was every like, right to be I was like, what? I was like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm talking about. And for me, like, I think the thing was, if I can feel that kind of way, where it's like, this ain't right. What about Aunt May? What about Mary Jane? Like, I'm asking these questions. Right. I'm like, this is gonna be a slow train wreck. Let me see where this goes. Right. And that was kind of what hooked me. Was like, because it's like, if I feel some kind of, if I really feel some kind of way about this, like, I feel gross reading this. I need to go ahead and keep reading because I'd much rather be like, kind of upset by something and like be like okay well what is this you know like, like so for example okay you were asking my favorite titles um the amazing spider-man was was really good the newest run i'm not a fan of just because like i don't like the idea of spider-man having roommates that's weird to me yeah but that's cool. kind of weird yeah. yeah um the goon is probably like uh five mics for me like i don't know if you ever read the goon by eric i Powell. haven't Mm-mm, i haven't either it's the weirdest like as an illustrator like eric powell's illustrations are these really sort of these hand-drawn, pencil-sketched things that are just incredible. And it's this guy that lives in, like, this sort of um, Depression-era city that's overrun with, like, zombies that cheat at poker and, like, you know, black magic and, and witches. And he's, like, a thug that likes to beat people up. And he's kind of extorting people. And there's voodoo there. And it's funny. And it's sad at the same time, and it's like this—it's just this this hybrid of a whole bunch of stuff. But like, I read a, a comic of it for Free Comic Book Day, okay. And they, a witch or a, a, a sorcerer, ended up trying to conjure up this demon, and the demon's got like a fez on and a bathrobe, but he's like a goat, <laughs> and he's sitting over here chilling, and his stomach is out, and he's like saying something, and he's like, "Why have you bothered me?" or whatever, and he's like, "He said something." It's like, "Now be gone." It's it's time for cake and you can't have any. And I was like, what am I reading? <laughs> like, this is crazy. But it's like, you know, again, like the, I can't believe I just read this. What is yeah. this? Right. That was dope. And even like now, like, I mean, it's still, it's self-published now. It was a Dark Horse title. Now it's now it's self-published. But that was really dope to me. Um, of course, Alan Moore's Watchmen was really powerful. 
Um, that's one of my I read that in college and that's that kind of stuck with me. Um the Deadpool run that um Marvel now Deadpool that um what's my guy's name? Um is it Daniel Way that he did? The 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 Deadpool run with Sheikla, where like he started hanging out and having like a different Deadpools that kind of lived in his head. And it was like him and Madcap. I don't know if you remember that at all. That was really dope. I stopped reading Deadpool after he became a bad guy again. Is he a bad guy now? He went after Secret Invasion, like where there was, was it Steve Rogers, like the evil Steve Rogers? Like um, Deadpool was the kind of the person that was like doing the grunt work for Steve Rogers because he thought it was Captain America. And like for a time, Deadpool was using Captain America as his moral compass, but what ended up happening was because it was evil Steve Rogers. He was, he was still going to do what he wanted. Yeah, and people just didn't like him anymore. And I think, like, for me, I'm more a, a person about the hero's journey. Uh-huh. And it's like you kind of have to be a different person, like, from what it was whenever you started. But the way that they had ended that, like, Deadpool was trying to do the right thing. And it was something where it's like, you know, he's, he's got, like, a little family unit now. He's got friends that, like, kind of take care of him. And there was, like, a lady, uh, a black woman who was, like, a – a shield operative that was there and she was kind of like her, his kind of gatherer kind of like that. They worked together. And then whenever it was all said and done, it's like, nobody liked him anymore. And right. it was like, you know, you've worked so hard to do this thing only to end up back at square one. Right. That sat on me wrong. But the whole ride to that point was really dope for me. Yeah. Um, how did you like the Steve Roger was like, he got turned to like hell Hydra. Like he went over to, how did you like that storyline? Um, You know what? Because that's like the ultimate, like, opposite of what he represents. It kind of yeah, bugged facts. me a little bit because I think uh, Donald Trump had just got elected. So, like, yeah. it felt yeah. too clear. It was too much we, other we stuff. We needed yeah. a hero. Yeah, yeah, we needed a hero right now. Yeah. Like, right. give me something to make me feel good, man. Like this, is, And I think, I, I want to say, like, around the time that Trump got elected, like, was around the time I kind of fell out of comic books. Like, I didn't fall out of, like, I, I'm not reading them again. I still go and pick up stuff here and there. Mm. But, um, like, it just... I couldn't get no relief, man. It's just like, ah, I can't get a clean breath in right now. I just didn't feel right. And it's yeah. funny because I got friends who, what they won't watch The Boys or whatever yeah. because they feel like, you know. That's a hell of a series. That, the it's, comic it's, book series is amazing. I now I'm actually want to go pick up the comic book series Ooh, after it. watching the show because I told one of my friends, I was like, oh, this is amazing. He was like, look, man, there's too much bad stuff going on in the world right now. I don't want to watch this where superheroes are assholes. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. there's that. Well, because I, I, I guess, I, but I was reading that during the Obama presidency too. So it's right, different. Right. You know so what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. Had that different feel, yeah. Like, cause it was. Uh, I I had read um, after after I read Watchmen, I was reading a bunch of Alan Moore titles, and after Alan Moore, cause I, I went through like phases, cause I was in college when I read Watchmen, but I was reading, uh, excuse me, um, I was reading Preacher, which is also written by Garth Ennis. No, 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 no. no. Show you how I got there. All the the Garth Ennis Punisher books I read and I fell in love with because they're so bizarre and off the wall. They're gross and they're really cool. Right. Yeah. But then like someone said, like, "Oh, if you like this, then maybe you like Preacher." I'm like, "Well, I'll give it a shot." And that's really gross and a bunch of wacky, wild stuff happens in it as well. Yeah, both of those are good. Yeah. So like, once I finish Preacher, next stop is the boys. I'm like, the boys is supposed to out Preacher Preacher. Right. I'm like, no way. And then I read the first one with like Tech Knight where he was humping rocks. Like a Tech Knight. He's a nut. They mention him on a TV show, like right. to watch him in like the actual comic book. Like he's got this psychological thing where he can't stop humping stuff and is humping something <laughs> save the day. Mm. And I was like, yo, this is bizarre and nuts and I love it. And that was pretty much what it was. But um, that's a really powerful series too, just from the standpoint of like satire. Um, and I don't look at it like, you know, my superheroes because I can still look at Superman and be like, you know what? That's pretty cool. Like, for example, I watched the one that the, the other one I was just talking about. 
I still like Superman enough. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't hate. I'm not so edgy and jaded that I don't see the good in Superman. I get what he's supposed to represent. You I know guess I'm, I'm the opposite because I, I do not like Superman. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to spend money on him. But right. like you know, like I remember when Rain and Superman came out. Like I was in the eighth grade, and that was like the title to read. Like because that was the instruction to steal the Annihilator and Superboy and the other one. But um, yeah, man, that was a big deal to, to just kind of watch it. Like you know, to see it in animated form was really cool to me, just because I remember whenever I was reading it. And Doomsday, who was messing with Doomsday? He had to tie him to a rock and hurl him out into space. That was pretty much the only way you could deal with him. Yeah, right. facts. <laughs> you know? Who are um some? Well, I kind of have a. It's kind of like a two two mm-hmm. part question, because um, I did read somewhere where it's like your tag was based off of Galactus. Yeah, yeah. So A is that your favorite villain, and B, do you think they'll ever give Galactus his justice in the cinema film, like Ooh. in the in the cinema industry? Because I I would love to see him like on the big screen, <laughs> like done right. Yeah, yeah. you didn't not, like not the weather. That, you didn't like the weather form. Not Galactus? that little cloud on screen <laughs> and shit like right, that. Right, like, right, right, right. I've always like Galactus has been one of my since I seen him on X Men, like one yeah. of my favorite villains. Well, uh, Jay Galactus, yeah, it was uh, half Jago from the video game Killer Instinct because I used to rap and I used to rap under Jago Thirteen, so that was half of it. Uh, and the Galactus part, it used to be like Jago. First, it was Jago Mnemonic, like Giant Mnemonic. Then it was like just Jago. Then it was Jago Thirteen, like Gogo Thirteen from the anime series, this, this, the the Professional. And um, then it was like Jay Galactus. And I think the thing that gets me the most about Galactus, actually, we'll go all the way back. Um. I was painting like the little kid Galactus back in the day. Mm. And that wasn't really like just like sort of fan service. That was me honoring my father because my dad is the most powerful person in the world to me. It's the admiration of a little boy looking at his dad. Mm. So like the little kid Galactus is like the miniature version of this other thing that already exists. But this other kid, he's kind of spacey. He's kind of just out there playing with toys and stuff, just doing his thing. Like you'll see the painting or the the pictures of it and that's that that's what that is that's me just kind of um the admiration of a little boy for his father um galactus is dope because he can only exist i mean i would love to see him in cinema but that's a character that exists in comic books and he's just really fantastic to look at you know like this mm-hmm. big headpiece thing with this blue and this purple like i got a galactus bathroom in my house like that's, wow. <laughs> that's how real it is man i got a little galactus like uh bathroom with oh. a, a purple and blue towels but um I really like the spectacle of Jack Kirby's work, and I feel like that is premium Jack Kirby. You know, like, that's the coolest thing. I don't know. Like, it it doesn't get neater than, like, you know, that 60s sort of Cold War era fantasy science fiction artwork to me, you know? Mm. And um, I like that Galactus isn't really, I mean, outside of, like, Thanos, like, knocking him out or killing him now, but Galactus isn't. Back then, it wasn't something you could defeat. He was just somebody you could kind of talk out of. Like you can, like I'm gonna eat regardless. Right. Like he's not necessarily even really a bad, bad guy. guy. I was just about to yeah, say, yeah, it's he's like not really a villain. Nah, it's like going to like Smoothie King or, or Steak and Shake or McDonald's or something somewhere. Like mm. you know, your planet just looks real tasty right now. Like this, yeah. this is a hey, like you know, a brother's hungry. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing. So like for me, like uh, outside of like, the ultimate nullifier, I think is the only thing that can defeat Galactus. But um, I always thought that was really cool that he's not really. A bad or a good, he's just a cosmic entity that we cannot wrap our brains around. And that's an abstract thing to me that I thought was really cool. And I just thought, you know, you got the Dooms, you got the Magnetos, you got like, you know, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but who's arguing with the Planet Eater? And I was always <laughs> this thing like, you know, like actually the first painting I ever did of Galactus, 
I was fresh out of college, and it was like Galactus versus Flavor Flav. This is an extra. Oh, like, oh my god! That painting is huge, man. That painting is like six feet by four feet, and it's done on masonite, man. I never really displayed it anywhere because it's so heavy to carry from one place to the other. It's one of those things where if you can come and get it, you can have it. It's whatever. Um, but it was one of those things where I would take this with me to the comic shows back in the day. And you'd have, like, fanboys wanting to argue with me about, like, oh, well, there's no way that, like, Flavor Flav could defeat Galactus. And I'm like, well, you're not a black kid that was raised in, like, the 90s, like, on, like, you know, conscious hip-hop. Like, you yeah, know, in fight my... Fight the power. Fight the power. In my world, these people are just as iconic. I did a Sentinels versus Al Sharpton, too, and a Joe Lewis, like, <laughs> oh, robot God. hunter. Like, it's like, but it's like, you know, these are all things that, like, you know, in the black experience, me trying to capture the black experience. Right. Like I'm trying to show that these things are both popular culture, but they're both just as important to me. Right. It'd be like, you know, Theo Huxtable versus the X-Men or something. That's not something I just made up. But you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I kind of want to see that. But that kind of, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, yeah. it, it fits in our world because, you know, we were raised, you know, a lot of us in front of a television, a lot of us like reading comics, a lot of us listening to hip hop music yeah. and it all goes, we are American what does it say? The thing about being African-American is we are Africa. We're African with no knowledge of our motherland and America with American with no privileges. Right. And yeah. in that, you know, this is our experience. That was me trying to capture that experience to be able to kind of show that. Like now I can kind of do it in a different way. But back then that was me trying to articulate that visually. And that's kind of where the love for Galactus kind of came from. And just playing with this magnificent character and um, just the cool design and, and do flotches and helmet gear and stuff. So. <laughs> Does that answer the question at all? At all? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have a question then. So you kind of grew up on comic books. I know for me growing up, um, it was harder to get to like heroes are uh, mm -hmm. hard to find. So a lot of the ways that I were introduced to them was, you know, cartoons. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the cartoon series I was like big into. And then, you know, we started getting a lot of the movies too. Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel about like the transition from comics to cartoons to the movies? Like they'll, they'll transition to the media. And, you know, a lot of diehard fans be like, well, you know, they're killing a the storyline and killing the right. characters, blah, blah, blah. Like, a lot of people complain about that. I used to get mad about it, like, back in the day. But then it's like, you know, like, you know, a lot of that stuff, man, like, I used to get so, like, but I think about, like, the stuff that I like now that wasn't really much like the original source material from back in the day also. So, for example, I think about how the first Batman film, like, wasn't necessarily comic book accurate, accurate. Right. You know, like, Joe Schill killed Batman's parents, not Jack Napier, the Joker, you right. know. Mm -hmm. Um but at the same time, it was the gateway drug that I needed to have me hooked. You know what I'm saying? It was what I it was that little piece of something that like the breadcrumb that kept me coming back for more. Superman doesn't have an amnesia kiss. You know, that's not right. a thing that really happens. But it's like, you know, it's enough to kind of get my interest sparked. Um I think I read something. You you didn't like the Heap Ledger Joker, right? <laughs> wow. It's not that I didn't like the okay. Like, okay, John with therapy versus John without therapy. I can, I can, I can articulate that now. Please explain this. Yeah, right. Please look at this. Um, it's not that I didn't like it. It's that because the first Batman film was such a big deal to me. Right. Um, it's almost like uh, it's almost like whenever you – it's like if someone else came and played T'Challa like right now. Boy, you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's like I got you, somebody man. else can like wear like the the mantle of the Black Panther, but at the same time, like Chadwick Boseman was that George Jack Nicholson was not my Chadwick Boseman, but at the same time, like for that movie, like it was a big deal for me. Heath Ledger's Joker far surpasses like the Jack Nicholson Joker. I know that, right? But at the same time, like you know, to a kid who's a blank slate, this is what that is. Is Michael know? Keaton a Batman? 
Michael Keaton is my Batman. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Jack Nicholson is my Joker. But then after that, it's like, I don't really have an opinion on any of the other. I, ben Affleck was dope. Oh. Yeah. How did you feel about Well, one? okay, listen. Okay. Oh, hear me out. Hear okay, me out. Okay. Okay. It's not even that Ben Affleck <laughs> Your is dope. Your eyes getting big. Yeah. No, I feel you. <laughs> but as a Frank Miller fan, Dark Knight Returns, like. He got the look. <laughs> Like thick with yeah. the with the with the arms and like I was like this is dope with the short ears you know what I'm saying same yeah the look the yeah. costume yeah. yeah like that's like that's all I've ever wanted to see in film like I probably like that costume the best yeah. out of yeah. all yeah that's what it's I gray like gray and black yeah. that's mm-hmm. it like with the big bat on it like that's Frank Miller like to me I think and it's not even like you know Ben Affleck so much it's just like the like uh, I heard Val Kilmer say in an interview one time that he was Batman. And he met some of the producer's kids like on the set one day. And he's like, hey, you want to you pose with me by the side of the Batmobile? It's like, they don't want to pose with Batman. They want to wear Batman's cowl. It's like, so it's not even a matter of like who I am. They just love the costume. They just love the Batman costume because it represents so much. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, to me, it's like, I don't really care who plays the Incredible Hulk as long as the Hulk is busting something up somewhere. Right. Or being a cool guy and offering a guy a taco. You know what I'm saying? But I love the Incredible mm-hmm. Hulk as the Incredible Hulk, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's not about like... I just I just want to Batman take me somewhere, show me something I ain't never seen before, or show me something I'm familiar with, and I'll be okay. And that's my opinion for art as well, you know. So that was just kind of where I was with it. So, yeah, Jack uh, Jack Nicholson's dope. Heath Ledger's really dope too, but I I got to do a hard no on Jared Leto though. I can't do Jared. Yeah, Leto. I'm, I'm right there no. with you. You don't want no beef. What about you, beef. you said Joaquin Phoenix was good? Um, what did you, you know think about weird? that? It's a good movie. It just made me feel gross. Mm. It made mm. me feel bad. Like I just, it's weird because it's like, um, that's not. It's they did a real a crazy spin. Of, yeah, it's a theory because some yeah. people say they don't even really believe he's the real Joker. It's just some crazy guy who just came up with something. Yeah, it's it's a weird. I mean, it's a cool movie. It's a really neat movie, but it's one where, again, like as somebody who reads the comic books for the fantasy aspect of it, because it was so grounded in reality. And because it was as bleak as it was, like, it's just something that made me feel kind of bad, if that makes sense. I mean, it was a cool movie. It was a really cool movie. But it's one of those things also where it's like, you know, it's weird because the older I get, the more I don't know that I like people that hurt people just to hurt people sometimes. Right. You know what I'm saying? The more, like, that I'm... Seeing all the news, like, you know, I, I teach at UNC Charlotte. Um, and the more I think about, like, the, 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 the quote-unquote soft-spoken, like, bookish white male that wants to victimize other people because they feel as though they've been a victim. Yeah. Like, that's a little too close to home for me right now. And I think that was kind of what made me feel a little weird about the Joker, or like the guys that'll be on the message forums that like have become like either Trump supporters or whatever else that'll toss an M bomb like here and there, like you know on the message board like that kind of thing. Like that's the vibe I got from this Joker. And I get that you're like a sad person. I get that you're like you know a person that was abused and stuff. But it's like I dug the movie. Don't think I didn't dig the movie. Uh-huh. It's just one of those things where it's like there's a lot of this right yeah. now. Like I'm looking at this right now. I'm thinking about like the kid in my classroom that feels like he's a nice guy. Why can't he? It's like I'm a nice guy. Why don't I have a girlfriend? Like that kind of thing. That's right. what I think about whenever I think about that. And it's crazy because I feel the same way with like Punisher now. 
Because if you look, a lot of um, well, they totally co-opted Punisher. They, yeah, a lot of police officers they use the Punisher logo as like their their logo, and it's kind of like, dang, is that's how you really feel? Well, I feel like Punisher ain't in the yeah. crooked cops though. Punisher yeah, he's never not, been the crooked cops. Yeah, if you read if you read comic books, people. Now, <laughs> if y'all read your comic books, people, y'all know that, right? Oh, yeah. Arrogant They just looking at it Based off of like Certain things And being like Oh yeah he's for Like the cops And he's for all that And it's like You don't even know The whole story of that Cops couldn't get the job done That's why the Punisher started Yeah Mm -hmm. So there's that You know on top of that Educate him Educate Talk to him (laughs) Uh, But yeah man Like the Punisher Actually you know What's funny about that That was one of my Favorite titles growing up It was like the Punisher Wolverine Batman Um Yeah Like I was a little Doughy kid man I was a little Doughy little bookish kid That was really soft spoken I never wanted to be a school shooter, but like a lot of the superheroes that I I looked up to or that I read about were all very tough and didn't take no mess off nobody. So that's me Mm -hmm. living vicariously through what I saw. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, oh man, this guy's tough. He does, he does this, that, and the other. And he's like sitting over here. He's got a blowtorch, but he's really putting a popsicle on somebody's back. You know, they're thinking that he's burning them up, like that kind of thing. Like that's, um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I was with it. But like when you see that, like it's like y'all are bullies. The Punisher's not a bully. That's the difference between y'all two. If no. anything, he was killing bullies. He was killing yeah. bullies. He was anti-bully. Mm-hmm. You guys want to be bullies because, you know, I don't know, small dick energy. I don't know what that is. I mean, it's, just, it's a real thing, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a real thing. Yeah, and I'll be like, I don't know what this is. Like, why are you, you know, bullying people or torturing people just because, like, I feel like those same kids who, and I can kind of relate to those same kids who was living, like how you was living through those great characters. Yeah. They living through them characters, but they using that like that power or right. that that title for that same reason. Like I could do this now because I was getting picked on, so now I can kind of turn around and show people I'm the man. I got this power. And see, that's the whole thing. Is like, man, you know, I didn't want to bully people. I just want to be left alone to enjoy my life. Same. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about middle school, elementary school, high school, all this stuff is like everybody's hurting, everybody is feeling bad, but a lot of people want to make you feel bad to take the feeling of them feeling bad off of themselves. So it's like, I don't want to, I want to make you feel ashamed because at least it takes the heat off me because I'm picking at you right now. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I just wanted to be left alone to read Ninja Turtle comic books, to do whatever I wanted to do to draw. And that was pretty much it. You know, I was the same way. Like when it came to like anime, I know as soon as I got to Cochran, people was looking at me like, man, what the hell is that shit? Yeah. And it was (laughs) to a point where I couldn't even talk about it to certain people because I was be an outcast or this and that. And granted, I did get into hip hop and I got into sports, but it was just like I had this huge, you know, stack of anime or comics that I really enjoy and I couldn't really express myself until I got older. And isn't it something that like, isn't it beautiful that you can see? That this stuff has kind of become commonplace and it's so nuanced now to where like little black kids can enjoy this stuff. I love it. And like we can't we can play video games and there's us in the video games now. And there's a Miles Morales now. Yeah. Whereas all I had back whenever I was coming up was like maybe Static Shock and Icon. Oh, Static yeah. Shock was yeah. the man though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you 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 have this now and it's like, but I'm not that person where it's like, well, I suffer. Y'all should have to suffer too. It's like, no, nah, no, no. Don't be that guy. Yeah. Enjoy this. Let your freak flag fly. Do what you enjoy, please. I, I went yes. to book you know? a million one time and I was walking around and I saw like this, like she's probably a teenage uh, black girl. Mm-hmm. And I saw her like pick up an anime book and go mm-hmm. buy it. That shit like hit, yeah. hit there because it was Real like, talk. you know, it's good seeing stuff like that. And now it's a norm. Like you don't have to alienate those type you of people. You don't. And it's like, you know, and the thing is like, even my my mother and father, though it wasn't their way, they always provided a safe space for that. And I think to me, the safety is the most important thing. And I think about we talk about bullying again, and 
being able to create that safe space in your fandom, in the thing that you enjoy, is so important. One, because, um, you know, there's so much other awful stuff. Like, let me be free here. Like, don't, why, why take this person's joy away? If it's not for you, it's not for you. Just take that as a loss, chalk it up and keep pushing. That's pretty much it, you know? Right. Um, but again, I think, uh, it's going to take a lot of, it's going to take a lot of work to get past these last four years. But, um, I hope to God that if nothing else, like that bullying stuff is, has died down some. It don't got to be completely over. Just like take it down a notch, please, man. Right. My God, you know, it's definitely a start. Yeah. We're getting the biggest bully out of office. Getting so him out. I feel like that was a start. Before we close out, I I'm wanna, sorry, man. I'm running my mouth. Oh no, 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 no. I just want to ask before we uh, close out a couple of things. Um, yeah. Hey, what are you working on? And um, what? How how has your creative process been throughout this whole year with this pandemic and everything? Like, because I've talked to certain people where like. Like my boy Philip, who's a who's a in the in the realm of like music, he's had some of the best creations of his Phillip, life. Philip, uh, which one? Four. Oh, uh, uh, or not uh, the skate? Uh, not skating, Philip, is it? Nah. Okay, no, nah, 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 never mind. I'm sorry, <laughs> my bad, my bad. But um, he's been creatively well, and then I talked to some people where they've been stagnant, where it's like it's been hard to get out some creative juices. And so, how's that been for you? Um, it's been a mixed bag. It's been a mixed bag. It's been something where I've had commissions from people that have not gotten them yet. And thank y'all for being patient. I appreciate it, you guys. Uh, it's been something where, like, um, I'm in grad school right now. I'm finishing up, like, in the summertime. Um, so there's work that has to be done that way. There's pressing time-sensitive issues that have to be taken care of. And that's, like, day job work. So that gets done. But as far as, like, work for me, it's been really hard to... Firstly, as a creative, I acknowledge that there's seasons. There's a hot season. There's a cool season. Okay. Um, and sometimes you can dictate what the season's going to be. And other times, like, life makes it so that there's not any way to dictate that. You just kind of have to sit there and, like, roll with it. So yeah. sometimes things are really hot and they're going and you just got to roll with it. And other times, like, stuff doesn't happen and you can't beat yourself up for it. You acknowledge there's a long life and there's more to life than just the stuff that you make. Um so for me, during the pandemic, the first couple of months were awful. And I can't even lie about that. I wish I could joke about it more. I can. It's funny. I can laugh about it now. But, like, it felt bleak. I had never felt. For me to have made the progress I had, not only creatively but socially, in the way where I don't have to necessarily be isolated and by myself and to be told that, like, okay, you got to sit down now. You can't go over here. You can't talk to nobody. I like to walk. I like to walk a nature trail, like, every other day just about. And I, I was afraid to walk that. I was afraid to go outside. Um, that put a damper on a lot of things. And then, like, you know, I ended up getting COVID, like, I want to say in August. And that sucked really bad. Like, I mean, it was a thing where, like, I, I didn't have a, a really severe case of it, thank God. But it was a thing where I, it was a thing where I was isolated again. I can't do isolation that well. Yeah. That's that's the worst thing about that. That's the to me that's the worst thing about any of this like lockdown stuff, whatever. And I understand we got to do this to be healthy, but at the same time, like to to want to create like most of the stuff like I was working on, I wasn't really working on for me anyway. And a lot of it, like whenever I was sick, man, if I'm honest with you, like with that commission work, I'm like, if I die tomorrow, I don't want the last thing that I do to be this thing right here. 
Right. So I'd much rather just go ahead and like, you know, just enjoy whatever it is I'm doing. And it's like I'm taking the time to go ahead and like recharge, to read some, to, you know, collect artwork that I like, you know, to talk to my friends, to 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 bug people, you know. Yeah. Uh creatively, it's been a slow year. Like I'm working on thesis work right now. I'm doing like commission stuff and that's cool. Uh we did the BLM like street like over there off a of try on that was dope. Uh, yeah, that I, was dope we did something at. similar um, in Spartanburg uh, with a lot of younger artists. Like um, there've been a couple workshops I've done with some younger people coming up. So I've been useful. I've just not been the vessel currently, you know, I've not been the vessel of creativity right now or the, 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 I don't know, the, the, the thing, the, the guy, the creative guy currently. Um, but that being said though, like I, um, uh, I've just been trying to focus on what it is that I can control and, you know, like letting whatever it is I can't control just kind of fall to the wayside. Um, I'm fortunate in the way that um, I'm not been affected in a way that where I'm not working or that I don't have materials or just whatever. I've just been trying to keep myself busy and make myself useful. And, um, you know, sometimes that comes in the form of like talking to you, brother. Sometimes that comes in the form of like talking to some students. I've, I thank God that I'm teaching um, at the school now, uh, or that I've been teaching at the school. So I still have my students to kind of like talk to, and build with as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, creatively, I've, I've just been like experimenting with like oil paint again, like learning to play with oil paint. Like you know, a lot of the the popular trends in Charlotte are that everybody wants to work big on somebody else's building, and that's cool. I do the exact same thing and that's no shade towards them, but it's like, I want to try to make some impactful small pieces as well. Yeah. You know, like I what is it? a good oil painting in a while? Well, see, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, this is a thing where, you know, like I'm not trying to take over anybody's lane so much as I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do. So like, I've been working with color pencil as well currently, mm -hmm. just kind of experimenting with that just because, um, you know, I want to learn and I want to wrestle with things. I don't want to be good at everything. I want to just kind of play and just have a good time. So that's kind of what I've been doing, man. Like, uh, but I've been in my sketchbook again. I've been drawing again for a change. Like, so I guess in a way I have been pretty creative. It's just not in the way that people are familiar with me being creative, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's been all right though. No and complaints. I feel like that's pretty much how it's been for everybody in, mm. in the sense of like, I know for me, the beginning stages was exact. You pretty much put my whole year into your year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And it was like slowed. And then I made the best out of it under the circumstances yeah. I, was, I was given, you know, from right. like just being amused. If I can't be amused by going out and touching the people, then doing it with this. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't regret nothing that happened this year because like it strengthened my my skills with my editing, you know, like mm -hmm. you were talking about editing film earlier on, like right. that's pretty much what I got into doing and like making my own stuff to where I didn't have to depend on people no more. Right. Cause like I couldn't talk to them. I couldn't get to them cause COVID shut a lot of stuff down. Yeah. So I was like, man, let me figure out how to do this stuff, do this stuff myself. Let me like find spaces where I can do the podcast myself. Right. And so if, if you handled it right, it, it became a learning experience for me as well. Absolutely. And so I've heard that with a lot of people as well, to where it's like, it's, it's become like a learn. This year was a learning process for a lot of people as well, to where hopefully it, it'll go into the next year with, you know, um, a bigger push and a bigger drive for them. Absolutely. Well, and see, it's a thing where it's it's all about how we react to things. And um, if 2020 taught me nothing else, it's taught me gratitude. 
you know, to be thankful that I get to instead of saying, oh, well, I have to. Like, I get to go ahead and work on this thing in Photoshop today. I get to go ahead and, like, um, play with this watercolor in this different kind of way. Or I get to, like, I was working on some, I was, I, I've been doing demos because I teach online. I teach my classroom classes virtually now. Word. So, like, yeah. I'm having to do, like, demonstrations where I'm actually working on the assignment, like, right there in front of them to kind of show you how to do it. So there's no misunderstanding of what I expect from you guys, you know, mm-hmm. from my students, you know. That kind of thing is, like, you know. Again, allowing myself to have hobbies. Like, I got a paper craft Incredible Hulk that I'm working on, like, right now. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> just something to do. Just, like, because it's like, you know, we, we get so busy and stuff. Sometimes we forget about the actual fun of it. You know, like, just doing things because we enjoy it. Like, we're allowed. We, as a people, are allowed to have fun. A lot of us don't believe that, but we are. You yeah, know? we're supposed to have joy. We're supposed to lives. have joy. <laughs> we can embrace joy. Let us have some joy, please. Yes. Um, And to me, that's... Uh, that's a really big part of it, man, is just being able to um, take this time and be fortunate enough to, you know, acknowledge the roof over our head, the, you know, the the food that we got, you know, being able to reach out to our homies and such. That's dope. So I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm excited. And I'm hoping that we can go ahead and figure something out to where we can all be able to hang out with each other again. And because there's actually a cure for this stuff, not because we choose not to believe in it anymore, you know, like that kind right. of thing, you know. Right. But yeah. John, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, dude. Thank you. Thank I was, I was I've been talking way too much, man. I'm no, sorry. no, not at all, not at all. We enjoyed having you on the I show. Know, I enjoyed, yeah, we Thank definitely you. enjoyed you. Giving us jewels, giving us some of your story that I didn't know, plenty Thanks, of man. stuff we didn't know, and you're more than welcome to come back to the show. Well, whenever y'all are happy, let me know. Oh, yeah, man, that seat is always available. For you. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to get you back here just like we got anime. We got to get you back on the episode where we're talking on comics and stuff okay. like that, man. For we real. can do it. Like, I'll, uh, we'll go to the bottom of the ocean on that one. Yeah, we'll, yeah, for real. Yeah, man. <laughs> Did you do your uh, Instagram and everything plug in? Oh, yeah, no, I didn't. Do that um, you can uh, check out the artwork at allcitystudios.com or you can check me out at Instagram at uh, jgolactus, J A G O. L-A-C-T-U-S underscore uh, uh, at Instagram. Um, and just look up, just Google John Harrison Jr. Some stuff will come up. It, it'll, it'll pop up. You, <laughs> it'll, would, it'll you, will not be disa- <laughs> you will not be disappointed. There's some old school deep cuts over there on there too. Yeah, so dope, dope. definitely. This Thank is you. as of late. <laughs>